Blog Talk Radio. Join the conversation on the Ask Sharifa AMA. Ask Me Anything, where Sharifa Hardy and expert guests answer your questions. Press 1 to join the conversation, where we discuss your favorite topics from love, family, politics, career, business, intuition, spirituality, and more. To be a guest on the Ask Sharifa AMA or for advertising opportunities, visit our website at AskSharifa.com. And now your host, Sharifa Hardy. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Ask Sharifa AMA. That's that's right, ask me anything, ask me anything, ask my guests anything. We are here to answer the difficult questions and the easy ones. Today's guest is a special friend of mine. He was actually on my original show, Ask Sharifa Radio, back in 2009. 2009, wow. Mr. Walter Zajac. Good morning, Walter. How are you? I'm good, Sharifa. Good morning. And how are you? I am excellent. Usually I do more speaking, more call in, more listen, more do this, more post this, more tell this. But I'm like, oh, I'm so excited. I have to catch up with Walter, and we only (laughs) have an hour. (laughs) Yeah, only an hour. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No, it's a lot to catch up on. So you're a psychic, and so when I I had you on the show in 2009, you are a working, yes. practicing psychic, so I know you've yes. been doing this for a long time. Yes, 15 years now, almost 16, full-time. Wow. And, of course, I've been psychic all my life, like most psychics. We've been psychic all mm-hmm. our lives, and most psychics have traumatic childhoods, which causes them to spend more time in the psychic world than the real world, and that's what happened to me. And then uh, 16 years, yeah, yeah. And then 16 years ago, somebody uh, finally talked me into doing it professionally, and then I had to change my perspective. Then you have to become psychic on demand, which is a whole different world. I want to talk about the psychic on demand, but I want to go back (laughs) to your comment about how that's how a lot of psychics have their, uh, I guess, awakening. So. Why yeah. is that? Why do do they ha- do they awaken based on trauma? I know we learn more from pain, so I don't want to oversimplify it. But I never heard that said the way you you did. Well, and of course, it's not a scientific survey. That's just my observation of, of the course. psychics that I know, right? And and um, then of course, working with clients, most of my clients. Uh, are psychic on some level. My observation is that most people are. Um, you know, if if we are created in the image and likeness of the one who created us, well, the one who created us is all-knowing. And if we are uh, just like that, then yes, we would at least have the capacity to be all-knowing. And what is all-knowing isn't that being psychic. And then another way that wow, I look at it. Wow, you go, Walter. You broke that down. <laughs> go ahead. I'm listening. I'm all excited. There's going to be a test. I am. I'm taking notes. <laughs> Oh, you're funny. And then the other thing that that I have observed uh, with all my clients and and, uh, um, other psychics and that is that when we are five years old and younger, we are the wisest that we will ever be because we're still in tune with where we came from, with the spirit world. Mm -hmm. We're still in tune with God. We still have this oneness. We still have access to to. Um, infinite information to the source with a capital S. And that five-year-old still lives in all of us. We still have access to that. Einstein said over 100 years ago, there is no time, and it's been proven over and over ever since. So in reality, there is no time. So that five-year-old, little five-year-old Sharifa still exists, and we can have a relationship and communicate with our five-year-old. And, and, and that's where I believe the psychic information is, you know, in that mm. inner child in all of us. Right. I've heard that yeah. as well as far as being open, you know, when we're children. But people also say we get back to being that open, like, in the last few years or the last couple of months before we pass on as well. It's because we yeah. now feel that connection and we feel that open and we feel that return again, back yeah. to where we begin. Yeah. I think uh, comedian George Carlin 
uh, called that. Yeah, old people, they're cramming for their final exam. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess we we all are. Yeah. Now, um, wow, right now, Walter, we do have a caller with a question or a comment. Would you like to take a call? Sure. Yes. Good morning, 307 Erico. You're on the line with Walter Zajac. Hi, my name is Alyssa, and um, I, are you guys doing readings, or are you just asking questions? Or Well, it's Walter's interview. We like to at least usually wait for the guests to have an opportunity to share and find out about them, but at the end of the day, it's Walter's time. Okay. Um, I, I'll just, I was just listening to the show then, and then when you guys do readings, I'll, just, I'll still be on the line. Um, what's what's your name? Alyssa. Alyssa. Thank you for listening, Alyssa. Uh huh. Walter, see the the people are. um, I've been posting, so let me focus on you now that I finished posting. But people are already lining up to listen about your story. And again, I I still remember you from 2009, and this is my fourth radio show. I don't know if I shared that with you. Oh wow! But I no, I didn't know that. Wow, cool. First one I did was Ask Sheree for Radio, and then I moved to right. to a few other ones. But you stood out, and the reason that you stood out was because you you wow. were so clear. This is what you do, you know. And a lot of times people do psychic readings, or they dabble in the psychic world, or do you know do it part time. But even in two thousand and nine, this is what your business was. This is what you were doing full time. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah, and then, then of course, doing it full time, you learn a lot. You get better and better. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm 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 happy with what's happened. You know, the the fact that I've stuck with it and and um, built a nice business out of it. It's a good time. And then the the main thing that I love is the fact that um, most most of us out there have a hard time. Even uh, psychics call other psychics because it's really difficult to tune into our own um, psychic information to 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 tune into our own lives and 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 re- realize whether or not we're on the right path. And so what I do is I help people determine whether or not they're on the right path that's going to lead them to their happiness. And my Goal is empowering people. I branded myself as the empowerment psychic. My goal is to empower everyone that calls me, to empower you with the information and the decisions that will lead you to the happiness that you're looking for. And that's really building and satisfying. So this has been a journey for you, though. And you said your abilities started to open up when you were a child. How did you go from having natural abilities to creating a full-time, I don't even want to say business, that sounds so bad to me, service, (laughs) a full-time service for yourself, for others? Um. <laughs> this I don't mean this to be a cop out answer, but literally consciously, right? Literally beginning to be aware of the psychic information that I had been giving, uh, sorry, getting all of my life, and then channeling it into uh, the person that's asking me the questions. And you know, it's something that just came out all of my life for 20 years before I started doing it professionally. People would say. Dude, you should do that professionally because you just know stuff, right? <clears throat> and I would surprise people knowing things about their lives. But, you know, one of the things that I learned <clears throat> um, when I started professionally, I went to seminars and one of, the, one of my heroes, John Holland, who is a very famous psychic medium, uh, stressed in a seminar that you don't tell people information that they don't want to know. And that was something that I hadn't been doing. I just, you know, would burst out with, hey, there's this about you. (laughs) And wow, how'd you know that, man? And then John made me realize that, no, because if you tell somebody something that they don't want to hear, they may or may not believe it, but in any case, it influences them and they begin to think about it over and over and it could literally interfere with their free will. And my understanding is that if the creator gave all of us absolute free will, then none of us really have the right to interfere with it. So I always ask permission from people 
to give them psychic information. And if yeah, something comes to correct. me during, uh, and if something comes to me during a session that the person hasn't asked me about yet, I ask them if they would like to know that information. That's really critical to me. And and it's uh, to send uh, to me. It's it's part of just taking care of somebody, making sure that they are in a good place and that I have their best interest at heart always. That is beautiful. And, I mean, I definitely agree. One of the things that, that I've learned, you know, or, or I've been taught personally is that you can't go into anyone else's house uninvited. So that information, <laughs> you know, that came to you is like you know that about them in their house. Like we look at other people's house and other people's business, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So unless we're invited in or invited with that information, we can't just change the course of their, their history or the course of their life. So I definitely yeah. appreciate that and definitely respect that. Good. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> yeah. You are funny, uh-huh. though. You are you are very funny. <laughs> well, and, and, you're very and, real. Thank you. And that's those are two things, actually, that I really focus on in my business and that I was conscious of when I started doing it professionally. And, and that is, you know, um, everything that I have read, and of course, it's not a scientific survey, it's the things that I have chosen to read, but but the things that I read about near-death experiences and um, um, people who are recognized as uh, spiritual authorities like uh, Deepak Chopra, Wayne Dyer, um, Abraham Hicks, um, Conversations with God by uh, Neil Donald Walsh, they all emphasize the fact that life is supposed to be fun. We're supposed to have fun here. Yes, it's hard, but the ultimate goal that really all of us have is happiness, and how can you be happy if you're not allowing yourself to have fun? So that's one of the things that I emphasize in my readings is giving people information about how they can put more fun into their lives. And then one of my favorite quotes is uh, from an American poet, in the 1800s, said it way back then, that he said, don't take life too seriously. You'll never get out of it alive. <laughs> That's essentially my philosophy. What that means to me is if you're going to do it, do it now and have fun with it. Don't take it so seriously and and do it, right? Do the things that, that, that uh, call to you. Uh, follow your bliss, like Joseph Campbell said. And um, so fun is is one of the things that I emphasize. And then the other thing that I emphasize is practicality, practicality. And, you know, it's everybody has a different approach to spirituality, but I like to relate it to this is the spiritual aspect of life, this uh, life itself. And for me, it's hard to separate the two. But what I try to stay away from is archangels and... um, um, spending a lot of time describing what's happening on the other side or, or in the spirit world because that's not a place where we actually do live. And I sort of feel like, okay, that's interesting information to know that the Archangel Michael is this and that, but it doesn't necessarily actually apply to our everyday life. So I stay away from that, Those uh, speaking about those kinds of things, and just stay practical so that people can use the information that I give them in a practical way to actually better their lives. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I'm not asking you to change it. I'm asking you to expand on it because I love that. But a question for you. You mentioned having fun. You mentioned, mm-hmm. um, you know, the information that you provide. In 15 years mm-hmm. or 16 years of being in business, are there things that you that you learned or, or um, that helped you process the information clearer? Yeah. Um, and it's something that really moves me deeply, uh, brings me to tears. And that is one of the things that I do, any psychic medium has to do it. Uh, and that is to, um, connect people who have died with their, uh, loved ones that are still alive, right? So the loved one calls me and wants to connect with grandma who died or even the boyfriend or the husband or, the wife who died and 
consistently, I've done this hundreds of times, tuned into people on the other side, and consistently, I get that same message from every person that has died, and that is, oh my God, I didn't spend enough time with you, and I'm sorry, and I didn't say I love you enough, I didn't show that I love you enough, and oh my God, I want to make it up to you, I'm sorry, I left you um, uh, without the tools that you need, right? And then, of course, if it's, for instance, a dad who has abused his little girl, oh my God, the level of remorse and regret and apology and please forgive me that I feel is just as powerful as it can be and it pretty much always makes me cry because I'm channeling it through from that person through me to the person on the phone. And what really has impressed me about that is, oh my God, we really should be loving, loving, loving and having fun loving because every one of these people who I've connected to on the other side, no matter how long their life was, they all give the message that, oh my God, it was too short. It's too short. And I didn't do what I wanted to do. And to me, that's moving. And to me, it says, good Lord, have fun now. (laughs) If you're going to have fun. (laughs) Wow. Wow. I am blown away. I'm definitely blown away. But did it, why did it take why did it take some time for you to come to that realization? When you first started, was there a different expectation? Did you feel like I mean, the only reason I'm asking is cuz I think that sometimes, especially when people go through readings, they expect something different. They expect to I don't even know what they expect, but to consistently to hear the message to love, to hear hear the message that love that um life is short and to to live mm-hmm. it down. Was that a surprise to you? The consistency? Yeah. The consistency was a surprise. Um, And the passion was a surprise. You know, I... The the level of love that I feel, that was a surprise. That's what overwhelms me. It literally brings me to tears so much that, that I have a hard time saying the words that I'm hearing from the person on the other side because I'm crying and I'm crying because the love that I feel is it's indescribably deep and powerful. Um, it's, you know, if, for anybody who's listening and, and, and you, if you imagine the most beautiful moment that you ever had with a lover where you really felt connected and so incredibly in love, right? That, height of passion that's what i feel from the other side to the person on the phone and then vice versa from the person on the phone to the person on the spiritual side and oh my god is it overwhelming because it's first of all so beautiful right just so pure and godlike and beautiful and yet at the same time so incredibly sad because they miss each other, and both sides usually have that sense of, oh, my God, I didn't show you enough. I didn't say I love you enough. I didn't spend enough time. And I think Wayne Dyer is the one who said it, that he never met a person who at the end of their life wished that they had spent more time in the office. (laughs) Never. So the real valuable thing in life is love and connection. And, you know, when we connect, generally it feels good. Generally it is fun. And to me, that's the real value, the real depth of life. Well, definitely been worth it for you. Because... <laughs> Thank you. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. I don't know what I was going to say because all of a sudden that's I was listening says I to you. you off. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I got to work yes. on that. I got to work on my conversation. But let me tell you, two <laughs> things are affecting me right now. Number one, it's Friday, and that's why I always <laughs> say my TGIF Friday shows. I have no idea what I'm going to say, and I'm just grateful yeah. that it's you Fun. on the line because I, I'm just like, <laughs> oh my god, I'm excited. I'm, I'm like, this is a, it's wonderful for me because. Part of my personal journey is, you know, I've been a business consultant for almost 25 years. Even yeah. though, you know, I've been reading, I just stepped into that space of actually really reading for other people. And even yeah. when I started, not other people, but reading, like, professionally. 
And oh, when wow. I first it, started reading professional, yes, this was in about um, November of 2017, so just recent. But then I started reading, and I was like, oh, I want to do this. And then, you know, I started doing it, Walter, and I said, you know what? I am not going to be able to do this full time. And I'm not knocking uh, it. I'm, I really admire people like yourself who are able to do it because you, you have to open yourself up. You have to feel it, and you have to be vulnerable and all these things. And I'm, and I'm like, no, yeah. go away. Go yeah. over there. I don't want to feel, feel, you know, all those different things. Yeah. But it's still so intriguing to me, you know what I mean, the world and, yeah. and all the information. And I want to help people and provide them that peace and that information and knowledge which is really what mm-hmm. they speak. Yeah. Yeah, I get it, the vulnerable part. That's that's what makes me cry, right? In order for me to channel those feelings, that information, those messages from somebody on the spirit world to somebody here, I have to literally feel it. And in order to feel love like that, you do have to open yourself up, which makes me, you, vulnerable. And yeah, I, I get it. At first, it's really very uncomfortable. I I used to be so embarrassed about the fact that when I channeled somebody's loved one for them, that it made me cry. Because <laughs> right? I thought, come on, you're doing this professionally. They're paying you, right? Do it right. <laughs> but I just couldn't help it. And And then usually... Of course, the person on the phone ends up crying, too, because they're feeling it, right? But um, we connect even more. When I show my vulnerability, it causes me to be more believable, and um, people connect when, you know, I've noticed it. When one person shows their vulnerability, usually the other person somehow wants to take care of them, wants to help, wants to fix it for them or try to help fix it for them. And um, Brene Brown, who you may know, um, she's a uh, a PhD, uh, what does she call herself? Um, uh, Sociology researcher. And for over 10 years, she has studied vulnerability specifically vulnerability, studied it as a scientist. And early in her uh, years of study, she realized that she can't separate herself from this. You can't study vulnerability from an objective point of view. The only way to understand vulnerability is to allow yourself to be vulnerable. And that started her journey of, of really becoming um, human and f- a feeling person rather than an objective scientist, and yet she still does her work from an objective point of view. But um, if you've ever seen any of her uh, YouTube talks, um, they're incredibly inspiring simply because she shows her vulnerability, and it's one of the things that she emphasizes, and that is you cannot love somebody or feel the love without allowing yourself to be vulnerable. It's just not possible. Wow, I have so, not heard of Brene Brown. Yeah, yeah, Brene, that's B-R-E-N-E. <clears throat> um, you'll hear of her now, you know, like when you look up her uh, YouTube videos, they have millions and millions of views. So you'll hear of her. And especially because vulnerability is something that <laughs> that <clears throat> is sort of looming for you when, when you do your readings for people, right? It's just, it's there. I don't believe that we can, as psychics, I don't believe we can avoid being vulnerable, Right. When we when we do the readings, I mean, right? And 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 just think about it. In order to really do a psychic reading, you have to be incredibly sensitive um to feeling everything and vulnerability naturally is going to be included in that sensitivity. So, you know, in terms of um helping you maybe understand and and, and find a way to, to work with it, um, what I found is that, um, well, <laughs> I go back to, okay, I'm feeling vulnerable and I'm crying, and yet I, I remember Albert Hubbard saying, don't take life too seriously, you'll never get out of it alive. That's what helps me. Just to go to that place where, okay, it's really passionate and full of feeling, and I'm feeling really vulnerable, and yet it's beautiful, and it's fun too. 
And I connect so much more with the person on the phone with my client when I'm vulnerable. And then that makes me a better psychic during those minutes when I'm being vulnerable. And <clears throat> I help them more by allowing myself to be vulnerable. But that seems to me, and I'm just going to assume, I'm just going to pick a number out, out of the hat. I'm going to make up a number. I would assume yeah. that even if you had five clients a day, that would be an yeah. emotional roller coaster for you to go <laughs> up and down and up and down, you know, two people or five, you know, it, it would, it would seem like that it would be, it would affect you emotionally. It does. And yeah, at the beginning of doing this professionally, I would be completely exhausted at the end of the day. I wasn't even, uh, didn't even have enough energy to really enjoy a TV show or anything. Um, but these days I've done it so much that um, I sort of take it in stride. Yes, I feel it, but I'm able to um, let go of it after the session is over. I'm not as affected as I used to be after the session. I'm still pretty affected during the session, but that's a part of the work. you know. And like I said, I, I, I pretty much have to be affected in order to be any good. But I've I've learned to, uh, you know, and I don't mean it's not my situation. It's not choices that I have made. It's not a situation that the consequences of which I have to deal with. I can worry for them, and I, you know, I've done my best to try to help them. But once I hang up, it's up to them, and I have to allow them to choose their path exactly the way that is best for them. And that's another thing that I love to. Um, help other people with and that has helped me and that is uh, you know when we see somebody who is disadvantaged like a homeless person or somebody who's crippled in some way we especially any of us like you who are very sensitive people we want to help and we feel sorry for them and it really affects us emotionally sometimes and what I have learned in uh, in speaking to people on the other side and and um, the, um, just the angels too, you know, besides the people who have died, but just getting the information from the other side is the sense that um, gosh, now I lost my train of thought. Give me a second here. That's funny. <laughs> Um, where was I going? I have no idea. I, no, no, no. It, it's okay because sometimes, sometimes that happens. So I'll follow up with another question until you get your right. uh, your sure. train of thought. Yeah, I know because I keep interrupting anyway. So, but <laughs> you may, no, because I'm listening to you. I know I can't because I'm eager. I want to learn. You know what I mean? And not to. I love I picking love people's brain. I do, <laughs> but. You may listen to you. You make it sound so easy. You say, "Okay, I feel it during the call, but after the call, yeah. I just go on my life. I watch the TV, and everything is good." Was was that was that an easy process? What, did you have to consciously and intentionally figure out a way, or or come up with a way to be able to do that? A way for you to be yes. able to let everything go. Yes, I had to consciously and purposely do it. I talked to other psychics about how do you do that. All right. How do you protect yourself? How do you let go? And yes, it was a process that literally took years. And then here's the thing where I lost my train of thought. Um, <clears throat> when we enter, you know, like I want to help somebody and, and tr try to change their life. There's no way for me to know that the choices that this person is making uh, could very well be leading them to the amazing epiphany that will cause them to finally have the happiness that they've been looking for in life. But in order to have that epiphany, they have to reach the lowest of the lows, the rock bottom. And if I prevent them from reaching the rock bottom, I could literally interfere with this person's free will and prevent them from reaching that moment of epiphany. And so that too has helped me in letting go of my client's paths. And that is, you know, if we all have absolute free will, and if we're not stuck here, you know, if we, and I believe it, I've seen it happen over and over in terms of the contact I've made on the other side, and that is that when we die, we do live on. Life doesn't end, right? And so 
Um, <clears throat> there is always hope, even if a person dies young, there's always hope, because after we die, as far as I have experienced, um, it is a beautiful place, and we all go to a beautiful place, and we all always have free will, even after we die. And <clears throat> so I allow another person to have their path the way that they choose their path. Of course, yeah, I'm going to make suggestions and I'm going to give them the information about here. I think these choices are, are, are the ones that would make you the happiest. But after I hang up, I have to give it back to them because I could be wrong. And, and you know, in terms of the actual information and then also... Um, <clears throat> they really need to make the choice themselves. I can't make choices for them. We're not any of us able to do that for another person. Okay. So I love the phrase that you use, and it's actually the first time that I've actually heard it. You use the term absolute free will, not just free will, but absolute yeah. free will. So, uh -huh. so do you believe that we have absolute free will? Yeah. And... Um, you know, I've been interested in religions and spirituality all my life. When I was 18, I started reading the, the books of the major religions and studying even comparative in books on comparative religion. And my understanding is that in every major religion on our planet, there is this concept that we do have absolute free will, that the Creator gave us absolute free will. And then even beyond that, Let's just look at it logically. We uh, Here's another thing that's consistent in every major religion and pretty much every tribal religion on the planet, and that is the concept that we were created in the image and likeness of the creator, of the one who created us. And... Um, <clears throat> God, lost my train of thought again. That's funny. I am throwing you off. We, we are, no, we are well, created... Yeah, and part of it is, part of it is mornings. Right? I generally don't do mornings. I work at night, <laughs> so this is like. Well, see now you tell me, Walter. <laughs> I'd have made the show at nighttime if you'd have just told me. Okay, yeah. so why? Well, see, but it comes to you. It comes back to you. So while it's yeah. coming back to you, I'll just move along and I'll right. ask the next question. So with absolute free will, that would mean that other people or other entities or anything else would not have the ability to affect that free will. So, I mean, Theoretically, like, yes. Mm -hmm. Theoretically, mm. yes, right? In other words, um, in order for someone to have power over us, yeah, we have to give them that power. We can choose mm. not to okay. give it to them. And um, here is where I lost my train of thought. The logic, okay? We we accept that we were created in the image and likeness of the creator. So in order to be a creator, we have to have absolute free will. Think about it. The moment there's any limitation or any rule about what we create, we're not a creator, we're an imitator. And we weren't created in the image and likeness of the imitator. In order to be a creator, you have to have absolute free will to create anything and everything. Otherwise, you're not a creator. And it, to me, it's, it's consistent and, and clear that we are created in the image and likeness of the creator. So we have to have free will. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. It, it makes yeah. perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. Now I'm over here stumped because I, I think my brain is, is like spinning right <laughs> oh. now. I'm like, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, yeah. but being a creator, right? Okay, but being a uh -huh. creator, to me, I'm still trying to make that leap and that connection between being a creator and absolute free will. I mean, because mm -hmm. you can create something or have some have the ability to create something. I can build something, but that doesn't mean that someone else doesn't have the ability or the power to come in and take over without me giving it to them, without me giving it to them. I'm just asking a question. Yeah, well, and then you know, then you're getting into um, the the that the die the what's the intricate dynamics of any situation. Um, so I'm going too deep, I, basically. No, I don't think you're going too deep. I think it's a good question, uh, and and what I'm trying to say is that um, 
what I have observed is ultimately, okay, if that happens, somebody comes along and destroys the thing that you were building, building, ultimately, it is a choice that we made because we put ourselves in that position and associated with that person and set it up so that that was a possibility for that to happen. Right? We could have set it up differently. We had the free will to choose to make different decisions and to have the end result be different. But because of the choices that we made, and, and you know, most of us are not necessarily clearly conscious of the choices that we're making, um, but in any case, the choices that we make lead to the things that we want to experience. That's what I see happening over and over. As creators, uh, we are here to experience life. You know, Abraham Hicks and and others say that we are the leading edge of creation. The people who are manifested in physical form here are literally experiencing uh, and through their experience, they are raising the knowledge and awareness and spirituality of the, of the entirety of creation. Um, another, yeah, thank you. <laughs> another one of the things that I learned, um, you know, I uh, I had what is called a shared near-death experience, where uh, you experience somebody else's near-death experience. That happened to me. It's something that Dr. Raymond Moody, who is one of the world's foremost researchers on near-death experiences, is now studying in about the last five years, uh, a shared near-death experience. More often it happens in a situation, for instance, where <clears throat> somebody's in surgery and they die in surgery and, and, and have a near-death experience and their loved one in the waiting room is... Um, really open and thinking about them and suddenly they see everything that the person who's having the near-death experience experiences, right? And then they talk about it afterwards and compare. So um, <clears throat> the reason I wanted to bring that up is that uh, one of the uh, people who I really admire is a man named Daniel Brinkley, who has written three New York Times bestsellers uh, on near his own near-death experiences, three different times he died and came back to life, and he spent a total of two hours on the other side. And the third time that he died and came back to life, he was aware that, okay, I'm in this place again. And so he consciously um, gathered information to bring back. And one of the things that I love about <clears throat> what he brought back is, first of all, that concept that, okay, we are here to create anything and everything that we want. We do have absolute free will, and we are here at the, at the leading edge of creation. But one of the things that makes it real practical for me and understandable to me is that he says that we are here, uh, one of the aspects of life that, that we literally attract to ourselves is challenges to overcome. And he says that when we overcome a challenge, we are the happiest that we will ever be. I love everybody. And we feel so fulfilled and, um, and proud of ourselves and, and, and accomplished by this achievement. But that only lasts so long. And relatively soon we get bored because, okay, that was fun. I want some more of that. And so we literally choose another situation which challenges us. You know, which means it's emotionally painful or somehow difficult in, 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 in life ways. And then we overcome. And when we overcome it, we, again, feel best we ever feel uh, in our lives. And we are the happiest we'll ever be. And we love everybody. And he says that's what life is all about. And each time we overcome one of those challenges, then we are uplifting the entirety of creation by what we do with our courage. And to me, that that makes sense, you know, in terms of why is life so hard? That's why. And then the other thing that really helps me to um, find peace with why is life so hard, which, you know, gosh, I, I have never met anybody who doesn't find life hard. I've never met anybody who doesn't have pain from their childhood, from their, their, their past, uh, their, their life in the past. And um, 
my understanding is that if we're created in the image and likeness of the creator, then we are everything that the creator is. We are all beautiful and all knowing and all powerful and all loving. And yet, <clears throat> what do we really know what it is to be beautiful? unless we have something to compare to, unless we have a framework within which to understand beautiful. And so the main reason that we manifest in the physical world is to experience the contrast of not beautiful in order to appreciate and understand the beauty of ourselves and the beauty of reality. Because without that comparison without that contrast we have no real appreciation for beauty another way to look at it is how do i know what it is to exist to live unless i know what it is to die how can i really appreciate and 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 have a sense of depth and 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 understanding about life until i know what it is to not have life and that's why we're here and to me all of that makes sense to me all of that explains why it's so hard and then yeah it's not hard all the time because every time we do overcome a challenge it's beautiful i'm happy to be alive right don't we all experience that most of us anyway i do i love my life i yeah. love my shows i love my guests i love, love having my friends on the show and especially you know i'm I'm really enjoying this show because i mean i can i can remember back to like i said 2009 and having you as a guest and now, to, to me, it's like now you're more like Mr. Miyagi. You know what I mean? It's like it's that, <laughs> the simple answer is wax on, wax off. It's not too deep. It's not too hard. Just wax yeah. on, wax off. That's the key to life. It's kind of, you know, the energy, the vibe that's there now. So, so personally, I think it's really cool. But you did mention one thing, which was past life. So one of the questions I think that a lot of people ask is like, when you when you talk about also the challenges and things to overcome, in your mm -hmm. belief, are we overcoming those challenges in, in this lifetime or do we continue to, you know, go through them lifetime after lifetime after lifetime until I guess we get to a certain point of evolution? My observation is that... And this, of course, is, you know, from direct experience with uh, spirits on the other side, with my own shared near-death experience, um, and tuning into people's past lives. And that is um, that each life has a beginning and an end, and it's something that we choose to experience before we incarnate into each life. And yes, we still have free will during that life, but we've chosen a basic outline, even though we still have the option to change that outline during the lifetime that we're living. But um, my observation is that we don't carry obligations or contracts uh, to the next lives that that particular life that I just lived is done and I learned from it and I experienced from it and I contributed to the uplifting of the entirety of creation by being courageous and living that life. But it's an experience that I chose to have then and the next life I choose to have a different experience. And, you know, it's something that that was really hard for me to understand because my childhood just absolutely sucked. I was sent to an orphanage at six Aww. years old. Yeah, I was sent to an orphanage at six. And, and, and then I was adopted after a year at the orphanage. I was adopted by people who were abusive. And for me, for me, the concept of reincarnation until I was in my 40s, every time somebody would talk about reincarnation to me, I would say, are you kidding? Are you kidding? Why would I ever want to come back here? Are you kidding? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and so it just didn't make sense. And even if it made sense, it wasn't something that I wanted. Like, really? My reward right. for making it through this life is coming back? Are you kidding? <laughs> right? Uh, but then once I saw it from that perspective of, no, it's an experience that we choose to have in order to understand the reality of our, our essence better. You know, the essence of we are really one with God. In order to understand that essence better, we come here to have these challenges. And so my observation is that um, 
you don't have obligations. You know, you can choose to be influenced by something that you remember from a past life, like a past life, for instance, where you drowned, and then in this life you're afraid of water all the time. But, you know, one of the things that, that I have also noticed is, okay, well, maybe that's true, but there's no proof. There's no real evidence that that was your life. You could be tuning into the entirety of memories that are out there from every entity that ever lived, and you could be tuning into somebody else's life experience, like people do in a near in a shared near-death experience, right? So the point I'm trying to make is unless we can prove that you actually lived that life and drowned at the end of it, it's not valuable information. And if you're tuning into somebody else's life, okay, it's valuable information from the perspective of, okay, well, yeah, that's how it feels to drown, and I don't like that. I'm going to avoid that this life, but it's not something that we have an obligation to fulfill or something that, that uh, we have a contract uh, to, to, um, to, what's the word, to complete, right? I really uh, feel that every life is complete once it's done. Wow, Walter. I'm over here thinking like I'm I'm almost out of time and it's just now getting good. When Walter's awake, we're getting to the meat yeah. and the potatoes and then all of a sudden we're almost out of time. I'm like, this is really cool. Yeah. This is has been one of the most enlightening and authentic conversations that I have had in wow. a long time. I, I'm wow, telling I'm you, touched. it really is. Thank you. No, wow, seriously. You. Because I wow. get to ask you these Thanks. questions and you're you, you just are so you keep it real, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I can I can just feel the authenticity in your voice and in your message Thank and what you, you say. So now Thank I get you. to ask, you know, you all the direct questions because, you know, I always tell people now I have a lot of psychic people around me. I know everyone's psychic, but because of the people, you know, you see my Facebook, you know, because of the people who yeah. are around me, all of, yeah. all of them are at least consider themselves <clears throat> to be professional working psychics, you know. Uh-huh. But, you, you know, you can only ask certain people at, um, certain questions. So I definitely wanted your insight on, on that. Cool. So um, moving forward. Yes. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yes. No, no ahead. I was, I was just going to uh, say that I would like to talk about my book. If that's something you're Absolutely. open to. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you were going to ask a question. No, we're going to move forward. Let's talk about <laughs> your book. <laughs> okay. It's a novel based on my life, based on the psychic experiences and life experiences that I had. And, uh, you know, have you ever wondered if in this world that is so harsh, do we have power and influence over our path? Is it really possible to overcome the, the pain and rejection, humiliation, mistreatment, feelings of abandonment that most of us have experienced in life in order to find happiness and this I wrote the novel um, as a story of one man who uh, achieved that and it's my story but of course uh, in order to protect the uh, innocent and the guilty I changed names and locations and sometimes I changed relationships a little bit but everything that happens in the book is something that happened to me and I just want to talk about it a little bit if I may about what happens absolutely. in the book. Can I do that? Show. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> My show. <laughs> okay. So, Walter, so, show. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so, the hero of the book is Wolfgang, and he does not get to say goodbye to Mama and Papa before the exciting train ride around his sixth birthday in war-torn Germany. I was born in 1955, years after World War II ended, and... Uh, Every major city, including the city that I uh, lived in, had been carpet-bombed by American and British bombers. And uh, the the population of Mannheim, which is where the the story takes place, went from 270,000 before the war down to 90,000 after the war. Women, children... Everybody was killed, you know, just there was at the beginning of the war, the Americans bombed just uh, factories, right? But then they just went into carpet bombing because the Nazis were hiding the factories. And that was the only way to to stop the insanity. So um, the train ride 
took Kim to a place called Orphanage. It's a word he's never heard. And he insists when the orphanage headmistress tells him he's never going home again, he insists that Mama's not sick. I was with her last night. And this unbelievable abandonment and rejection leave him devastated, excruciatingly alone and powerless. And Wolfgang finds comfort, a bit of comfort, playing with two imaginary female friends in the psychic world, which he was actually able to bring with him from home. And also two of the girls at the orphanage become close friends, but those heart-moving connections end very painfully when he is adopted a year later by an American military couple. And in America, Wolfgang learned, uh, endures years of humiliation and abuse from these adopted parents, but then succeeds in creating an exciting career playing drums in concerts in front of thousands of people. And many actual dreams come true during his music career, but he's crushed, even angry at God, when the music stops. And he ends up in an unpleasant, high-pressure corporate job where nobody applauds. Nobody applauds. And that's the thing that he notices, notices the most. Hey, nobody applauds, applauds at the day job. <laughs> but then he meets her, the girl in the bad accident, one of his imaginary friends in the orphanage. Six months later, his other imaginary friend becomes a real person in his life. And to both women's utter amazement and shock, Wolfgang tells each of them details from a traumatic experience of theirs, details which neither woman had ever told another person. And that causes Wolfgang to lose his grip on sanity because he just does not understand how that could possibly happen. And he had these experiences of... Uh, of, of, uh, of these visions of these ladies' traumatic experiences 15 years before they were even born. Wow. And so the book is about how he finds his power over that and finds a way to understand it and then in the end ultimately finds his power to really overcome and realize that life is good, that we can be happy. And that was the thing that, you know, gosh, because of what I experienced, I had to have psychotherapy about uh, 20-some years ago. And that's one of the things that my psychologist stressed over and over, and that is, Walter, you really prevent yourself from being happy because you're so unused to it that you don't open up to happiness. You literally make choices that leave you unhappy. And that's what I found, uh, you know, over the years is really the key to life. And that's probably one of the reasons that I emphasize that Albert Hubbard quote of don't take life too seriously. You'll never get out of it alive. That for me, that's how you find your power and your happiness. And that is don't take, take it so seriously and work with it, work with it rather than allowing it to defeat you. Yes. That's a powerful quote. Yeah. Three times in a show. Definitely, definitely <laughs> words to live by. Yeah. So, so the, what about the, the book? Mm -hmm, go ahead. The book is uh, it's it's finished and edited, and I'm gathering some uh, some back cover testimonials from people who have um, also who have bestsellers, and then I'll I'll be publishing in the next few weeks. Okay. And, and when you publish it, how will people? Okay. I'm how going to. You know? How can they find out? On Amazon first. And and then okay. yes, I will be advertising it on my website and on on all my social media. Yeah, yeah, What's and I'm excited. About it. My website, thank you, is psychicwalter.com. That's me. <laughs> I had to go check out psychicwalter.com, and I definitely yeah. have to check out the book. Yes. So let me ask yeah. you: even it, though you said it, it was based on, or at least it was based on your life, it's based on you. How long was mm -hmm. that process for you? I mean, how long was that process in, in real life for you to get to that point where you just, you know, finding made my that power? aha moment? Yes. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, you know, I'm I'm 67 now, and in in my 40s is when yeah yeah, and in my 40s is when I had psychotherapy, and that was. Um, that's when the process really started in earnest, right? But it started long before that in just in terms of um, finding ways to deal with it. But the conscious effort of 
really allowing myself to to choose happiness that started then you know 20 some years ago in my psychotherapy and then i've used those tools over and over and over um in order to bring myself to that place where i really do feel my power and what i mean by power is that sense of optimism you know that sense of i can do this that's the power I believe that all of us want and all of us need. And we don't have it when we feel defeated by life. We don't have it when we don't believe in ourselves. And to me, it's not power over somebody else. It's the power of love. The power of if I really put out love, then I get love back. And uh, love is what sustains all of us. And no matter what it is that I'm doing, if I do it with love for myself and love for the people around me, then it's done so much better and everybody, including me, is much happier. And why not, right? In other words, good Lord, isn't life hard enough? Why not choose happiness on purpose? And so your question was, how long did it take? Essentially, 20-some years since my therapy, right? Just refining it. And, and of course, it's an ongoing process like it is for all of us, for you too. What would you consider that aha moment, that moment when you just said, you know, I'm just going to enjoy probably, life? What was that moment like for you? Mm-hmm. I, I I believe, and it's probably why I've mentioned that quote three times during the show, and I'm going to say it again. It's when I first oh, ran across that quote, which was about like maybe six or seven years ago. Don't take life too seriously. You'll never get out of it alive. That's mm-hmm. what did it for me, you know? That's like, wow, that really hit me deeply and beautifully and made it real for me, made it um, manageable, put me in a place where, yeah, gosh, if I don't take it so seriously, then I can choose happiness. I can choose happiness, where what I was doing before was, well, in being sent to an orphanage at six for the rest of my life, I felt alone, right? Because there's really nobody there for you when you're an orphan. You know, it's a, you know, it's like being a part of a class. Yeah, there's an adult taking care of you, but there's 30 others, right? And so you're you're alone. And um, that caused me to always be on guard and always be on defensive and to take everything really seriously because life got amazingly serious. When they sent me to an orphanage, right? It's like it was. It wasn't easy, and it wasn't fun after that anymore. It was hard for me to open up the fun, and realizing that um, made it so valuable to me. Realizing that, number one, I was doing it, and then secondly, that I had power over it. I could make different choices. How cool is that? Wow. I mean, I love it. I know what you mean by um, like a phrase just kind of sticking in your mind. It's almost like one of my favorite mm-hmm. movies. I don't know if you saw it. But it, it, it um, Bruce Almighty. I love that yes, movie. Yes, I saw it. But yeah. there, uh-huh. there's a scene in there or at least a couple of scenes where like all these different quotes or messages are like flashing by and they're just speaking to him. You know, he's going down the freeway and it's, it's like he's getting all these signs. You know, yeah. and sometimes you just yes. get a quote or you get a message, and, and it could be the simplest thing, but that, that simple message at the right time is just so yeah. profound that it can literally change the course of history. Yep. Yeah, that's what it was for me. This has definitely been a pleasure. I have about a minute left, and I definitely yes. want to mention your website again for all of our listeners, for everyone who's listening to this in the archive. I was blown away. I didn't even have a, have time to stop for a commercial break. I want everyone <laughs> oh, to no. check out wow. your website. Hey, sometimes you got to do what you got to do when you get in growth. <laughs> but wow, <thank laughs> go you. to psychicwalter.com. You are definitely welcome. So we have about like a couple of words for our listeners. Um, love, 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 love. Uh, and fun, 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 right? When I channel somebody on the other side, someone who's died, that's what they emphasize to the people who are still alive. And that is, oh, my God, show the love, be the love, do the love, express the love, spend the time and have fun, have fun, have fun. Those are the things that they regret more than anything else, because once they're on the other side, they can't engage here anymore. Mm, that is so beautiful words to live by. Have fun. <laughs> Thank love. you. <laughs> kind of like that whole hippie vibe, but I love it. That's why I think I'm a hippie. Have fun, love, all of that. 
Thank you for joining us on on today's episode of Ask Sharifa AMA. You are welcome. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in today. We will be back the same time on Monday, 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Until then, everyone have a wonderful weekend.